The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. All right. Let's go. Uh, Welcome back. Judd Buds, another edition, episode 30-something. Truthfully, couldn't tell you what episode it is, uh, but that's not a new bit. It's also not a bit. That's just real. I never know how many of these we've done, but that's irrelevant. Um, So let's just do this. So hope everyone had a nice week. Hope everybody had a nice long weekend. If you had today off, I did. Um, Full transparency. It would be wrong to say that I don't want to be doing this right now, but I kind of don't because um, I just realized about 25, 30 minutes ago that it uh, that it's Monday and not Sunday. So usually um, I would have been doing this tomorrow. Well, no, usually I would be doing it today because I'm for whatever reason not capable of doing it Sunday. But in my brain, I forgot that uh, today was Monday and uh, I have to do this um right now and it's pretty late it's right around midnight uh game three colorado tampa just ended tampa's back um oh my god they're back uh vasilevsky's back and everyone that thought they were gonna roll over and die is a moron so um but anyways yeah i'm i'm real tired uh i don't feel very good um but you know what that's on me it's on me no one else can't complain even though I just did a little bit, but, um, but we're going to power through this here. We're going to do a little mailbag action. I think I'm going to have to do what I did either last week or the week before with, uh, breaking this up into like 30 or 40 minutes each. Got a bunch of really good questions. Some that I'm going to need to take some time to think about a little bit more, mostly draft related, almost entirely draft related, which is good. Uh, that's coming up in a couple weeks. So, um, I haven't been able to do as much draft work as I would have liked. Um, you know, last year, last summer, I wasn't sure if I was going to be, for those of you who don't know, I used to be a teacher. Um, so last year, you know, the school year ended in June or early June. Um, and I was already pretty heavy into the draft stuff just because I had so much time as a teacher to do that uh, all year. And then I pretty much spent the entire summer leading up to the draft or like whatever, however much time I had in between the school year ending and um, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to go back to teach again this, this year, but, um, I had a lot of time, like every day to just sit down and just do a video, do my own little report, um, and get ready this year. I haven't had that because I decided not to teach and I have a job that requires you to work in the summer. It sucks ass. Um, so I haven't been able to do as much, but I still watch as much as I can. Um, but we're going to be pretty draft pretty draft heavy, pretty draft focused, uh, up until, uh, day one. What is that? July 7th. I think it is, um, pretty excited. I'm i I'll be honest with you. I'm actually excited for the draft to happen so we can start doing the 2023 draft because that draft's going to be sick. Um, but we can't get too far ahead of ourselves here because we do have time before that happens. But anyways, 
Um, so yeah, that's the plan. We'll do about half of these questions, maybe a little less than half. Um, because again, it is late. I have to wake up soon to drive to Boston, which is always hell. Um, or well, the city of Boston, uh, it's just hell getting there. There is no good way to do it. And, um, like I said, I forgot that, uh, today was Monday. So that's where we're at. Um, I don't even know if these get posted to YouTube anymore, but if they do and you've ever watched one, you'll notice that it looks a little bit different uh, behind me. I totally rearranged my room today. Uh, feels good. Feels great. Took about four and a half hours, um, but it was worth it. I feel a lot better about the setup. So some some good vibes there, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think last week I said I was thinking about trying to get a guest on totally spaced on that too because I'm a moron. Um, so we'll see. Maybe next week. Knowing me, probably not. But I need to start getting uh, – I need to try to start getting guests on here because I just can't do this for an hour and a half by myself every week because I die. Um, and, I mean, I'm sure you guys are sick of my voice. I, I know that I am sick of my own voice. Unfortunately for me – uh, I have to have that and live with that voice every day. So, you know, we got to find some way to, to break that up. We got to get some guests in here and hopefully we can at least get one or two on uh, before the draft happens. I think, I guess, realistically, maybe one would be good just because I think there's like two weeks or so, something like that before the draft happens. So anyways, let's just get into it. Um, let's start taking some questions here. Um, let's see. First question comes from my pal, Matthew. Uh, and he asks any other pastimes besides providing amazing hockey content. Thank you. Watching prospects and being a DJ at the drop. Uh, nope. That about covers it. Um, that's pretty much what my life is at this point. I wake up, I go to work. I get back from work. I pretty much throw hockey on and then I pretend to go to bed and I don't sleep because I have insomnia. Uh, and then if I'm not doing that, I'm probably at the last drop in bright mass, great bar, great people. Um, it's my home turf and I like to take over the music as you have seen before. I like to take requests from Twitter and I don't let anyone else play music because I personally think it's hilarious. Um, and I really enjoy when I watch people walk up to the music machine thing Um and try to pay for music and they just can't because I have hijacked it from my phone. I think it's very funny and I kind of have uh, got myself a nickname with one of the bartenders who calls me Jukebox now. Um, anyways, yeah, so that about covers it. I should probably find some new hobbies though, hey? Like at least one or two, you know? Sometimes I go to the gym and like stretch and then sometimes I just leave. Um, but yeah, that, no, that, that pretty much covers it. That's pretty much the life right there, Matthew. I mean, I don't know what else there is. Is there other things? Um, but yeah, maybe I should find another hobby or two though. Eh? Um, okay. Let's see. Tyler asks two questions. The first one I'm going to answer the next one because it's ranking, uh, five different, uh, draft prospects coming in. Um, Beck, McGrory, Geeky, Goyette, and Ostland. And he says, I know projections are all over the place, but just looking at some of the centers who are loosely slotted for the bottom half of the draft. Truth be told, I don't think any of these guys are bottom half of the draft. I think a lot of these guys are, um, you know, at least three are going to go in that first round. McGrory and Goyette probably go in the second round. 
um, unless there are teams that are really high on Rucker Bagordi. I'm personally not as high as some people, but um, and then Goyette will probably be a second or third rounder. Um, at one point this year, he was challenging for a first round pick, but I just don't see it happening now. Unless you met, uh, you know, loose over the bottom half of the first round of the draft, and I, I guess that maybe that maybe that's what you meant. But um, I'm gonna need some time. I'll want to sit on that one for a little bit. Um, you know, I could probably give you my one through five just off the top, but I'd like to do it and be able to give you a little bit of a reason why and a little explanation. So we'll do that in the second half of this. Uh, but Tyler also says, any plans or willingness to do a live room of some sort for day one of the draft? Thinking like a live Q&A slash reactions as the picks are rolling in. Not sure if you already do something on draft day. Uh, we'll see. Um, I would definitely be down to do something like that. So last year, the Soda Pod, a.k.a. this podcast, uh, before I even had Judd's Buds, um, they had me on, and I think I tuned in. Maybe I tuned in right at the start of the draft. I can't remember if I was there for the first pick, but I ended up just staying the whole first round. So it was like a three-and-a-half-hour stream, of course. Um, but I did that last year, and it was really fun. Um, I pretty much just drank a bunch of beers. It was just reacting to the picks as they rolled in. enjoyed that. Um, I'm not sure if there are any plans to do that at this point. Um, I think there have been some people asking uh, similar questions about just like what my plans are for the draft, but um, I enjoy doing that. I am, um, you know, get a, get in a room together. I think people were tuning in and streaming with us or at least following along to our stream um, through some questions in there, through some comments. Um, I got chirped pretty good, which is pretty funny just because I was wearing, I had my AC on in like, on full blast and it was basically snowing in my room so i had like a fucking beanie on I, my chains were out and i was wearing a rank jacket so um someone was like i don't really know what i thought spoke z would look like uh but this is pretty much exactly it uh he looks like someone that he's from boston it was pretty funny but anyways i would be down to do something like that i'm not sure what it's going to be but i'm sure there's gonna be something um happening and i'll of course uh let everybody know once once i do have a plan for that but i enjoy doing that i think so there's some people who um you know probably a lot of people who actually who listen to this podcast would be interested in doing something like that too so uh, we'll see what happens i'm pretty brutal with technology so i doubt i'd be able to do it by myself um plus that's a long fucking stream to do by yourself because it is fucking like three three and a half hours for that first round of the of the draft so uh, maybe even longer depending on how it goes this time but uh, I'm sure there'll be something and I will keep you in the loop uh, as to what that is or uh, what I'll be doing uh, at this point. I'm not sure yet what it is. Um, okay, let's see. And then, like I said, Tyler, I will second half of this. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do that, but I will answer that question about who um, or not, you know, like why I have those certain guys ranked ahead of other guys specifically the five that you mentioned on the next one so okay hideki said so how would you really react if this were to happen um and that was him referencing a tweet that he had sent me uh the athletic Corey problem did their mock nhl draft and at 24 they had uh denton matechuk who is my son of the 20 my official son of the 2022 NHL draft. I love him. Left shot D, a little bit undersized, but an absolute electric factory, and he just lives on the puck. Um, they had him being taken at 24 by the Wild. Yeah, I'd freak out. I'd fall over. Um, imagine him and Damon Hunt hitting the NHL at the same time. The 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 D partners together for Moose Jaw this season, most electrifying D pair I watched all year. That Brock, um, they have enough. Obviously, the their left shot D pool is pretty deep. 
Um, they have a lot of guys who just were never going to play for them, but are also solid prospects. So, you know, it's not exactly a position of need necessarily, but it is the draft. So you probably want to take the best player available. And if Matej Chuck's around at 24, depending on who else falls to 24, I don't think Matej Chuck will be there. Uh, he might though. Um, you know, if teams are afraid of the undersized thing, even though it's not real, um, then, you know, it's, it's hard to pass up on a kid like him. He's just an electric kid, really fun player to watch, uh, very projectable, um, incredibly creative, um, you know, and obviously they've they've seen him play a lot because they've seen David Hunt play a lot this season. So, um, I mean, I would personally enjoy it. But, you know, again, probably not their biggest position of need. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Justin Baki, Sound the Foghorn podcast, and the Caprice of Countdown guy. Uh, he asks, let's say the Wild do get the seventh overall pick for Kevin Fiala. Who would you want to see us draft at that spot and at spot 24? See, the good thing, or well, not the good thing, obviously just getting that pick is good regardless, but um, so let's say, you know, this Kevin Fiala trade, it doesn't sound like they're going to get the pick that they want. I don't think it, I'll be honest with you. It always felt a little bit weird or kind of crazy to me that teams would have been willing to give up that pick for Fiala, like, and more, um, you know, I love Kevin Fiala, but you know, he's probably hitting his, his prime now. And, um, I'm just not sure if you really want to give up a high pick plus a prospect, like a, like a B or an A prospect for Kevin Fiala. But I mean, if teams are, if they do and again you know we've said this before ottawa just makes so much sense for him with where they're at um if they're planning on trying to make a playoff push next season he absolutely does fit that but um you know if you listen to russo or read his stuff it sounds like they're not getting the package that they thought they were or they were hoping for but who knows still could happen it could happen on the draft day who knows though but anyways um let's say you do get that seventh overall pick what's great is number one you're getting that pick so there's gonna be a lot of guys there um, that you would want um, and you're not necessarily having to trade up to get it right so that's one thing you'd have two first round picks but what that would also do is enable you to take a very big um, you know home run swing at that 24th spot you you're okay with taking a little bit of risk on there um, you know like I talked about this last year so a kid like Atu Ratu um, you know coming into this 2021 draft season he was put up there right around number one overall obviously he had like the worst season imaginable and he falls to 50 whatever in the, for the islanders in the second round um but you know going in it's like hey man this kid still has these skill or he still has a profile of a first round pick it just hasn't been going well for him he's been turning down so if you have multiple picks um you know, that opens up a little bit of flexibility and taking that home run swing. So I think that's something that that would do, first of all, if you can get seven and 24. But it really depends on how teams are feeling and how they go with, you know, those those slots. So um, for me, if Simon, it sounds like Simon Nemitz, you know, he's my he's been right around two, three and four all year for me. It sounds like he's going to fall. It sounds like Shane Wright should go number one. Uh, Yurichek and Slavkovsky and Cooley probably going to be there. Um, and then it really depends on who's going to go five and six. I've heard a lot of teams talking about Cutter Gauthier. You've heard me talk about Cutter Gauthier. There's a real possibility that he goes there. Frank Nazar, um, Maddie Savoy, Joachim Kamel. 
Um, there are a lot of guys who could go there and Simon Nemitz just might fall to seven. If you're, uh, if you are Minnesota and you have an opportunity to take Nemitz at seven, I think you do that and run. First of all, you look at that right side D on the prospect pool. Um, you know, you've got Addison and then there's a pretty big drop off. Even if Kyle Masters and Simon Johansson both pan out, those are guys that aren't even going to be sniffing the NHL for another two, three, four seasons. Um, and if they do, I don't really know what their ceiling is, you know, if all goes well for them. So you got a pretty depleted uh, right shot D prospect pool, whatever. Um, Ryan O'Rourke does play on the right side a lot, but then necessarily, um, you know, a lot of teams would prefer to have that, you know, right shot on the right side, left, whatever. Um, so I think that instantly bolsters um, an already deep prospect pool. It fills that position of need, and his ceiling is unbelievable. This kid is incredible, uh, does a lot of things really well. He's still a little bit raw right now. He's not going to be ready to play in the NHL next season per se, but um, this is a kid, again, he was challenging for two, three, four overall. So if he falls to seven, you know, you look at the combination of you don't really have a whole lot of right shot defensemen in your prospect pool, uh, and couple that with the fact that his ceiling is that of a first pair guy um a really good complimentary first round or first pair guy moves the puck really well up the ice um he's got a decent shot he's got pretty high hockey iq um you know he's got pro experience and was unbelievable in the playoffs uh for nitra in slovakia which again it's not the best league in the world but he was producing and he played incredibly well and he fit right in um he's got a little bit of physicality to him he's got a little bit of an edge um he just does a lot of things really well. And I think he's going to be, he should be in that top five, but I could see him slipping to seven just with how a lot of rankings are coming out and how teams are talking about some of those guys that um, they're thinking about taking ahead of him. So for me, I'd like to see him. If you have an opportunity to take him at seven, you do that and run another good option there. If he ends up there at seven, would be a cutter Gauthier. Um, looking like he's going to project to be a center at the NHL level. He's a pretty complete player right now as is he's got a really good shot he's a big kid he plays hard he hits um he's physical um you know defensively he's pretty responsible the skating's fine um so he's another good option he could be a center or he could be a wing you know i think right now it looks like he will play center at the nhl level um, and again this is a kid that a lot of people are putting in their top five and a lot of people are linking him with philadelphia at five overall so that's another kid i like too um, and then we can pick one more, I bet, here. Let's see. I mean, if Frank Nazar is there at seven, you take it and run. You take him and run. That kid's incredible. So those are three guys at seven. Um, that could be options. That could be there. Nemitz, Gauthier, Nazar. Order of preference would probably be, Nem if, again, if all three of these guys are available, you know, I'd, I'd go Nemitz, then Nazar, then. Um, and they're pretty close, too. Um, and then go Jay, but those are three guys that are possible at seven that I would take. Um, and let's say that happens. You get seven and 24, 24. You've got a couple of different options. I like both the Russian kids, Mirosh Nashenko and Yurov. Um, I also like Cali Odelius a lot. I don't think he should be there at 24, but who knows? He is a left shot D so you don't necessarily need, it's not a position to need, like we said, but, um, you know, let, so let's say this actually a really good possibility here for me. Uh, you know, seven, let's say that defenseman isn't there. So you end up with Nazar or Gauthier or any of the other guys, any of the other forwards, maybe a Joachim Kamel, a right shot, right wing, another solid option there. Um, you know, at 24, if you take a kid like Ryan Chesley from the USN TDP, uh, 
decent sized kid, really good skater, right shot defenseman, um, excellent defensively. I think there's sneaky offense in there, but he does project more as a, um, you know, like a pretty good shutdown guy in the NHL. Um, and his calling card is definitely his defense. I love Ryan Chesley. I think, you know, if you can take him at 24, if you've already taken someone at seven with some offensive upside, or, you know, you take a high ceiling player at seven. Um, I would absolutely take Ryan Chesley. I think he's excellent. I can talk more about him next week too, because I think I should, because I think that's actually a legit option at 24 as well. Um, another option there would probably be like a Jimmy Snuggerud. Um, you know, he plays all three positions of forward. Um, and then, like I said, Yurov or Marashashenko or even like a Trikozov. And then one other guy, Nathan, Nathan Gauthier, who projects to just be a solid 3C at the NHL level. Um, you know, he's a big boy. I think he's like 6'2" six three maybe 200 and something pounds uh projects to be a really good defensive forward a really good defensive center again i think there is sneaky upside uh offensive upside there you know i think i saw a little bit more playmaking than i thought coming into the year um he's the number one ranked you know player in the qmjhl he plays really well i like him a lot um so that's another good option 24 and another center so um you know you look at the prospect pool right now marco rossi at the center position projects to be a number one C true out and out number one C you'll Eric Sadek probably has the profile of a third line center, but the way he's utilized in Minnesota and his kind of streak of offensive upside that we've seen the last couple of years, um, you know, he's happily a two C, but then there, you know, you opened up that three C spot and I think that's probably a little bit high for doer at this point, but a kid like Nathan Gauthier, um, you know, I like him a lot and I expect that's, that's pretty realistic. So um, he's another really good option at 24, assuming he's still there. Uh, but again, so Gaucher, Chesley, Yurov, Marashashenko. I love Yurov a lot, uh, probably more than most people, but I do like him. Um, those are good options there for me. Trikozov too, because I heard the fuck you say his name. Um, and then even like an Owen Beck's Unreal, another good option at C. But uh, we'll see who's still there. Uh, but there will be a lot of it. If you get 724, I just think you have an opportunity to get two really good players there. and um, You can address some needs of the prospect pool. I should probably have. Oh boy, I didn't do the timestamp. Shit. Um, I think actually that was all. Now we're fine. All right, cool. All right, we got time for one more here. But before we do that, let's pay the bills and let's talk about DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit. Well, the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any NHL team to win. It doesn't say NHL. I just said NHL. Uh, and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. That is absolutely an insane deal. Uh, looking to turn a small bet into a big payday? Yes, during the playoffs. With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. Who doesn't love that? DraftKings is safe, it's secure, and it is reliable. Best of all, you can deposit it with try and cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win. Get 100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What a read by me. I am buzzing. Not really. I feel like shit. But what a read by me. If I if I may say so myself. Uh, okay. All right. We can do one or two more. We'll see what we get here. And if I haven't answered your question, we are going just like last time. We're going to do it. We will get to it. Um, okay. All right, we'll do this one. Korea Season asks, who is a guy that you would trade up for? Um, okay, I'm just writing something else down. Okay. So I actually do think that it's not crazy to think that the Minnesota Wild would trade up in this draft. Um, you know, first of all, we'll see what they end up getting for Kevin Fiala because I, I mean, that trade's all but done. I mean, not all. That's that couldn't have been less accurate. A, a worse way of saying that I don't think it exists. Um, we know that he's getting traded, and there will be draft picks involved. Uh, most likely 2022 draft picks. Um, so, you know, you're going to get, first of all, you already have two second round picks and you have potentially another first round pick or second round pick coming in a Fiala trade. So that's just kind of adding to the arsenal in terms of trade chips. I do think that there's a possibility they move up because I do think that there are players. I've said this every week now. I do think that there are players who are going to slip. Uh, probably farther than they should. Um, and if you know how the draft works, a lot of times teams know who other teams are going to take. Um, and that's kind of how those trading up conversations happen. Um, so I don't think it's actually, I think they are a team that definitely would trade up from 24, depending on if they don't get that, you know, whatever, if they don't get a higher pick for, for um, Kevin Fiala. Um you know, there's a handful of guys. It really does depend who falls. Um, and I should say, Correa season did clarify from 24 to like pick 16. So we'll pretend it's like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, so, I mean, at 16, you probably start looking at those Swedish kids. Um, if Liam Ugrin, left wing out of U Garden, uh, 58 points in 30 games in the J20 this season, just ridiculous. If he's there at 16 um, and you have an opportunity to trade up to go get him, that's one guy you look at. There's just so much upside there. Um, does everything really well. So just unbelievably creative, um, super skilled, can move his feet really well as a good skater. The offensive hockey IQ is crazy. Um, you know, decent size, 6'1", 200 and something pounds. Um, and I don't think he's too far off from from making his NHL, uh, for, for from playing the NHL. You know, after that, probably a kid like Connor Geeky again, probably – you know, I'd say his absolute ceiling or his absolute floor is a, a number three center on a really good team. You know, 70 points, 63 games, uh, plays on the same junior team as Lambos. Um, his only real knock is how bad his skating is because it's like really, really bad. Like, he's got really bad skating. He can, like, he almost can't move. It's crazy. Um, 
he's another kid that you probably start talking about trading up for if he's anywhere from 16 or 18 or even if you hit like 20 and he's still on the board. Um, you know, he's a guy that you think about moving up a spot or two for. Same thing with like an Owen Beck. Um, you know, but the other Swedish kids, Lekker Amaki, you probably start thinking about it. I'm not as high on Lekker Amaki as a lot of people are maybe, uh, but that's another kid. He's a right, he's a right wing, probably the second best shot in the draft behind a Jaeger Furcus. Um, but I think he's probably going to end up going earlier than I would take him, but I think he's going to be a very early pick. He's a young kid still. He's a July birthday. He's at 04, um, but he's undersized, but the skills there, he's a good skater. The shot's crazy. Um, he got a lot of SHL experience this season. He played in 20, I want to say 25 games or something like that. And I think he scored seven or eight goals. Um, that's incredible for a draft eligible player. Um, so he's a guy that you'd probably consider moving up for again, a right winger. Um, and a lot of people compare him to like an Alexander Holtz. So, uh, you know, we've talked about that and the potential Kevin Fiala package, which I don't think is very realistic, but I would take Holtz in a second. So uh, if you have a kid that profiles similar to um, similar to him, then, then, you know, it's not a bad kid to add to your pool, of course. Um, you know, it depends who falls though. I, I, I think Kamel might fall a little farther. That being said, maybe he won't, uh, but he's a kid that you definitely consider moving up for. I don't know if there's a guy that they would necessarily move up to 16 or 15 or 14 for. I think they're probably – you're probably talking about, um, you know, if if he, if he they're going to trade up from 24 to, like, 15 or 16, that probably means that one of the guys who should be firmly a top 10 pick is falling um, for no real good reason, or at least not one that – um, Judd Brackett and company agree with. Um, so if there's like a Frank Nazar that falls to you know halfway through the first round, you get up there and you trade for him or you trade up to get him. Um, you know, and it, you could say that about a lot of the kids up there. You know, Savoy, same thing with him, Cutter Gauthier. Um, you know, Brad Lambert's one of the more he's like a Biatu Ratu of the draft this season. Um, He's probably a guy that, you know, coming into the year, he was consensus top four, top five pick. Terrible year. Traded. I mean, he's switched teams a bunch of times in the past couple of seasons. Uh, but undoubtedly probably the best skater, probably the highest skill, most toolsy player in this draft. Um, he just hasn't been able to put it together at the Liga level to this point. Um, he's kind of taken the Atu Ratu path where he's just falling so much farther than we would have expected. But, um, I mean, there's reason for it. So um, he's a kid that if, you know, if he's still around 17, 18, 19, 20, I think you'd do that. You'd think you'd go up and take him, especially if you've already added that seventh overall pick. If that's possible, you're probably not moving up from 24 again. But, um, you know, if you if they somehow ended up with two first-round picks, I'd probably try to use one of them on Brad Lambert if, it could. Um, I don't really know how realistic that is, though. But um, definitely a kid that if you're looking at 24 and you think you might be able to hop a couple spots and he's still available, or again, kid like Nazar because just because he's small, um, or you know Maddie Savoy because he's small, he's probably going to project to be more of a wing at the NHL level. Um, you know Liam Ugrin, Jonathan Lekaramaki, those are probably guys I consider moving up for. Um, 
So it's, it does. It just really does depend on who falls where. Again, if you're moving up like eight or nine spots, that probably means one of the guys that you have. That probably means that someone that Judd or Brackett and company has in their top ten is dropping, um, and they feel very strongly that they need to go get him. So, uh, but those are a couple guys. So we'll say obvious. The obvious ones would be Nazar or Savoy if they're still available around. You know, after ten, then you do what you can to move up. Um, but then guys like Geeky Lambert. Lekaramaki, Ugrin, um, those are other guys that that you'd be uh, you'd be okay with with giving up one of those picks in the second round to to move up to go get one of them. So, um, but yeah, again, I do think it's actually fairly realistic that um, you know depending on who falls and depending what picks they end up with, that Judd Brackett would like to move up in the draft. Um, and again, I. If you're Billy Gary and you say, hey, Judge, just tell me what you want to do. Oh, okay, you want to move up and make a trade? Okay, great. We're going to go do that right now. Um, but, yeah. All right. So that's where we're going to end it for today. Um, and just so everyone who did ask questions I haven't got to yet, um, just so you know that I can see them, Joseph, however you say your last name, Navariak, Navariak, couldn't tell you. Um, I will get to your question. Nick Schuster, I'll get to your question. Marat Husadina fan account, I will get to your question. Doug Larson, I will get to your question. Jared Carl, I'll get to both of yours. Lindsay, I'll get to yours. Max Sackett, I'll get to yours. Uh, Tyler, I'll get to your first one. Um, so there you go. I'm not going to forget. And if you do think of another question for part two of this week's mailbag, uh, send it in. I'm always happy to continue on um, answering as we did last time. But anyways... Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I don't know if you guys like the ones that go over an hour. I can't imagine you do. Um, so if you do, I'm sorry, but we will we'll get back to you. We will do a second one. I didn't forget last time. Full, con full transparency, I did almost forget last time, but I didn't. Um, and we will get to the rest of these questions. Now I'm going to have some time to think about them a little bit more because I do want to put some better thought into some of them before I do answer. Um, and I actually think there might be a couple that I had uh, asked on Twitter that I didn't get to a couple days ago. So we can add those into probably be a longer episode than 30 or 40 minutes. It'll probably be one of those ones. that's like an hour, hour 10, hour 15, because I never shut up. Um, and there's just a lot of questions that I left on the table here. So once again, I'm sorry for not getting to them yet, but I promise I will. And if you think of more, send them in. Um, and other than that, I will see you at some point later this week. And then last note, my guy, Corey, you're a beauty. I just read your email. You're the best. You're the best, pal. Appreciate everything you said. All right. We'll see you whenever we see you.